Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Um, The message I've titled tonight is... um, uh, God's beautiful gift of choice. We're going to start in Deuteronomy. It's uh, chapter 30, so if you go ahead and turn there, we're going to cover um, verses 19 and 20, but we're going to have a lot of different verses, so we'll be turning throughout the night And because um, I believe that God's Word affirms itself, and I know it does, and that's what we're going to do. So we've really been blessed, especially in this country, with the gift of choice. We get to choose. I mean, think about how many choices you have every day. Just when you get up in the morning, you get to choose when you're going to get up, right? Sometimes that alarm clock wakes you up, and you get to choose to reach over and hit the snooze button, right? And um, you get to choose what clothes you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. You get to choose your mood. If you're going to be in a good mood or a bad mood, you're going to get to choose whether you're going to be Um, work hard or not work hard when you get to work. So we get all kinds of choices, and we are so blessed to to have those choices, and God's given us such an abundance of them in our lives. And and I love God's Word, knowing that it doesn't return void, um, just like it says in Isaiah 55. And, um, And then in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for um, and, and instruction in righteousness. And so because it speaks for itself, we're going to stick with God's word like we always do. And let's go ahead and read um, 19 and 20. And it says um, in verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing, curse, and cursing, Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. So, In the New Living Translation, it says it just a little bit different. It says, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land of the Lord, in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I love those verses, and they're so powerful. And um, they encourage me that I have simple choices every day, right? And that's between life and death. And those choices always, almost always, they always occur in my mind first, right? I have a choice of 
what I'm going to think, right? You know you get to choose what you're going to think? That many of us, including myself, have put our thoughts and we're like just playing a tape and it keeps going over and over and over again, right? We've programmed ourselves, and, but we get a choice on what we get to think, right? That's a choice. And so in this verse, there, it's, encur- it's encouraging us and reminding us that we have a simple choice of life and death, but what does that mean exactly? What does life mean? Let's examine life and see what it means. So let's go ahead and turn to John, John chapter 11, verse 25. So in verse 11, 25, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection, the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So let's just go to the right, uh, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is boldly declaring and proclaiming that he is life, right? And so to choose life is to choose Jesus because Jesus is life. Does that make sense to everybody? Good. So the other question is, what is death? And so all the way back in um, Genesis 17, God tells Adam that if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you will surely die. And so that's a choice to obey God or not. So obeying God is life. Obeying Jesus is life, right? And Jesus is life. And then in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. And so disobedience, right, is death. But obedience in Christ is life. Does this make sense? Okay. So God is telling us to choose life, choose Jesus. Jesus said he is life, and so Jesus and life are one and the same. And um, so what does it look like to choose Jesus, right? So let's just turn to Matthew chapter 10. Pardon me. Matthew chapter 10, and we are going to look at verses 37 through 39. It says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me after me is not worthy of me. And he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And so what Jesus is saying here is that um, when you put anything at all above him, you're not choosing him, right? And, and so you're not choosing life. And he's telling you that if you choose anything else besides him, you're, 
you're going to lose your life, basically. Does that make sense? So choose life. Now, Matthew 6.33, if you turn just to the left, Matthew 6.33. And we're going to read 33 and 34. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so here Jesus is telling us a couple things. One is, get your eyes and your mind focused on God and off everything else, right? And two is, when you do that, he's going to take care of it all, right? He's going to take care of it all. And so what we want in our life, at least what I want in my life, according to what we want, is I want him to take care of it all because I know I can't, right? Choosing Jesus' life and the opposite is death, right? And so the next part of the, of the verse that we were in in Deuteronomy was blessing or curse, right? And I want blessing in my life. Do you guys want blessings in your life? Everybody wants blessings in their life. Nobody wants the curses. Everybody wants the blessing, right? And that's a good thing. But do you know how to get the blessing? The blessing is by putting God first in your life, right? And that's in every aspect of your life, including your thoughts. And so, but what does that blessing look like? And so let's take a look at that. Everybody turn to um, Philippians 4. Philippians 4. We're going to read 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Give everybody a chance to get there. And it says... Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Did you guys see the blessing there? In verse 7, it says, let the peace and the peace of God, right? Who wants peace in their life? Right? Who wants the peace of God in their life? I do, right? And that's what, this is how you get it, right? This is the blessing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, that's, and then he says that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, when you do those things, you begin to get the peace of God. And that takes a focusing your mind on Jesus, right? And you know that the world can throw you a curveball, right? It throws you trouble. Jesus said, in this life, we will have trouble. You guys know that verse? <laughs> I know that verse. And so the, the world will send us trouble. We will have trouble in this world. This is not our home, right? Heaven's our home. We are going to heaven. This is a short time here. The Bible calls us here. It says about us. What it says about us is that 
one of the things is that our life is like a vapor. You guys know what a vapor is? Like a, a mist is just really quick. Our life is like a vapor here. But our life in heaven is not like a vapor. Our life in heaven is forever. Does that make sense? We're going to spend eternity somewhere. It's either going to be heaven or it's going to be hell. We want to spend it in heaven, not hell. Hell was not meant for us. Hell was meant for the devil and his angels, right? We were not meant to go to hell. God paid a serious price, the largest price ever. Jesus paid the largest price ever on the cross to make sure that we had an opportunity not to go to hell. Does that make sense? And, and so therefore, that's what we're talking about here is choosing life, not death. Hell is death. So when we choose life, when we focus our mind on Jesus, what happens is everything else becomes really kind of unimportant. We can have all kinds of things going on all around us, right? But we're at peace because we have Jesus, right? So if you have Jesus, you have peace if you're focusing your mind on him. Does this make sense to you guys? Good. On the other hand, there are curses, you know, in the Bible also. In Proverbs 16.25, let's go ahead and turn there. Let's go. Proverbs 16.25. says, there is a a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death, right? And so when you follow your flesh and when you do your own thing, which is what Adam and Eve did, right? They chose their way instead of God's way, right? So if you ever wondered why, why we're so jacked up in this world, right? It's because we chose our way instead of God's way because God way, God's way was not jacked up. God's way was really good, right? And we chose not paradise. <laughs> That's what we chose. We chose not paradise. And, and so when we choose our way, the way, the end of that, just like this verse says, but its end is the way of death. So choose life. So God knows um, about us. He, when, I, when I read this, I'm like, man, I, I, don't, I don't think like God. You, ever, you, you realize that? You don't think like God? Turn to Isaiah, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, we're going to read 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, your, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as high, for the heaven is, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right? So God knows that we don't think like he thinks. Right? 
So he gives us a recipe. Look at verse 7. Verse 7, he says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, he will, for he will abundantly pardon. So when we find yourself thinking in the flesh, right, what do we need to do? Forsake those thoughts, right? We need to forsake those thoughts. We need to turn away from them. Uh, Corinthians says it a little different. So let's go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians. And we're going to go to chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So, when we have our thoughts, when you have a thought, when I have a thought, whenever we do that, then if that thought doesn't match up, line up with God's word, right? Because you know God's word is true, right? Everybody here, that God's word is true. If you didn't know that God's word is true, right? So God's word is true over the way you think. God's word is true over the way I feel that God's word is true over the, what I think is reality. When I look around, if, I, if I'm seeing something and I, I'm not seeing how it's lining up with God's word around me, God, and, and, and God's, it's contradicting God's word, God's word is still true, right? Because just because I think it's reality doesn't mean it's reality to God. God's reality is true. God is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So God is not just true, but he is truth itself, right? And, and so man will line up all kinds of things that contradict God's word and say, for instance, evolution, and say, that's not the way it happened. This is our theory on it. Well, your theory's wrong. God's word is true, Period. Right? And, and so once you come to terms with that and you start thinking like that and you believe that God's word is true, then you start believing what God's word says. And when you believe what God's word says, then a whole new world opens up. Right? And, and you start realizing that all of the Bible is true and so therefore all the promises are true. And you realize that God is true that God really loves you and that God cares for you. It's true that you're his child. It's true that he has good things in store for you. It doesn't matter if this life sucks, right? What you think is happening around you stinks. Can I say that sucks? I'm sorry. 
but it's true. If, if, if what's going on around you and everything around you really stinks and it's really bad and, and it's just not good, God's word is still true. He still loves you. He still cares for you. I always think about in, um, in the Gospels where Jesus is talking, um, he's talking to people and he says, hey, if, if you ask, if your son asks you for a piece of bread or a loaf of bread, are you going to give him a stone? Or if you ask for a fish or, you, or an egg, are you going to give him a snake or something like that, right? And then he says, so if you being evil, that always catches me. He's like talking to people and he's saying, if you being evil, and I'm thinking that's me, <laughs> know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give you good gifts, right? Sorry, I got off a little, little off my, um, had, what I had planned, but I think somebody needed to hear that. So you know that in your power, it's impossible for you to obey God's word, except for not, well, it's impossible. The only way you can obey God's word is through his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit comes upon you and when his Holy Spirit comes upon you, you have power. You have the power of God. Isn't that amazing? You ever thought about that? That the actual being of God, the Holy Spirit, is living inside of you. When you ask Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit came in and empowered you. He's living inside of you. He's dwelling inside you. He's, he's inside of you. And that's only because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. And so with that, we have the power to start capturing those thoughts. We have the power to start actually changing those thoughts, right? And making changes in our life. Now, I've tried, you know, hey, I'm going to do these sayings. I'm going to do these, uh, what do you call those? Like you're just going to, you know, it's good sayings, right? So I'm going I'm to empower myself and I'm going to do this. And they don't work. It just doesn't work. It might work for a day. It might work for a week or something like that. But soon I just fall right back into my old habits. But the Holy Spirit, because Jesus makes all things new. Do you know that? Jesus makes all things new. That's what the Bible says. And so you're a new creation. And because Jesus makes all things new, he makes you and me new, right? We're new creations. And that's something that I have to line up in my life, in my mind. I have to get in my mind and I have to say, I'm a new creation. I'm not the same anymore, right? Because in, in my self-talk, that tape I was talking about, that CD, that um, MP3, whatever you want to call it that's playing in your head, right? It goes over and over again and it's giving you that negative self-talk telling you you're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that, right? and all those things. But in Christ, you've already amounted to something because you're a child of God, right? You are somebody because you're a child of God, and when you surrender your life to him and you die to him, you become his child, and he wants to give you everything. He wants to give you the kingdom. He wants to bring you to the kingdom. 
this life isn't anything. And, and Pastor Ed and many others have said that there's only two things that are going to last, right? And that's the souls of men and the Word of God, right? Those things you're going to carry to heaven with you. And so be diligent in keeping God's promises and His commands. So turn, we're, go back to Philippians. I want to, so I, I have to reprogram my mind. I have to start teaching my mind what to think and line it up with God's word. And I have to make sure that I am lining my thoughts up with God's word because if I'm not lining my thoughts up with God's word, I'm going to be lost. I'm not going to be living in the truth. Right? God's word is true. God is truth. God's word is true. And I need to line my thoughts up with the truth. So I need to start doing things like this. Look at um, Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there are any if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, right? These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. There's that peace word again, right? So when you do that, it means you're focusing your mind, your heart and mind on God and on his word. And when you focus your heart and mind on God's word, which was just in the verses before that, six and seven, right? Then you get the peace of God, which passes all understanding, right? And, and so you're tearing down strongholds, right? And building new strongholds in the Lord Jesus, right? Does this make sense to you guys? Okay, good. And so I have to program my mind to start thinking those good things, right? And, and that starts every, with everything that I'm doing, what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, what I'm talking to myself, right? You, got, you guys know what I'm talking about? And, and so that in the computer world, they, they have the, the G-O-G-O or G-I-G-O, something like that. It's a garbage in, garbage out, good things in, good things out, right? Well, have you ever thought about our brain as a big computer, a small computer? It's the most amazing computer ever. And think about all the hardware and all the intricate circuitry and everything else that we have that we use to build a computer with and to make a faster and faster computer. And none of that even compares to what your brain can do and its tissue. And God wired all of that, right? Only a creator can do something like that. Only an amazing God can do something like that. And, and so we have to take our brain and we have to program it and put good stuff in so good stuff comes out. Okay? In Mark, 
Let me make sure I'm stepping off here just a second. I'm not seeing it, so sorry. It was just something else. But in Mark, it says, Jesus said that um, a good tree produces good fruit, right? And a bad tree produces bad fruit. They don't cross over. And what comes out of your heart, what comes out of your mouth is what's coming from your heart, right? And so we have to reprogram our minds, then we can only do that through the Holy Spirit, using God's word, so we know what's true and right. So, with that, what is the key to everything? Back in verse 20 of Deuteronomy, verse 20 of Deuteronomy, that 30, 30 verse 20, it says, that you may love the Lord your God that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life or, and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. And again, um, in the, um, new, in the living, uh, new um, Living Testament, it says um, he's the key, right? And so all that's tied together by his love, that, and um, Jesus gave us a simple command in John. So uh, just turn to that. I don't know where you guys are at, but we were, I think we are um, in Philippians. But turn to John real quick, John 13. So John 13, 34 and 35. And Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love, and that you also love one another. By this you will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another, right? And so, love empowers us, right? Jesus is love, you guys know that, right? God is love. Well, let's look at it. Let's just make sure. So, First John, turn to the right. First John. I love the book of John. I love the First um, John. He's just such a great. Um, he just projects God really well. All the Bible does, but I just really love John. You know, what he has to say, and this is one of the things I really love. It says, "We know that we have passed from death." So remember, we've been talking about death to life, right? We know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. And he who does not love his brother abides in death, right? So if you love one another, if you love God, then you're in Christ, right? God is life. And then 1 John 4, 8, just the next chapter over, It says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love, right? So tonight we've talked about a couple things, and that is one is 
to choose life. Jesus is life. The other one is God is love, right? So when you choose God, you choose love, and that means you choose to love one another. Does this make sense to you guys? And, and so empowering yourself through the Holy Spirit, you're not empowering yourself, the Holy Spirit's empowering you, right? And while the Holy Spirit's empowering you, you're able to take and start transforming your mind that it talks about in Romans, like it talks about in Romans, and transforming your mind and feeding it good stuff. So you got good stuff in and good stuff comes out, right? And you start loving one another and then that love comes out for each other because you love God. Amen? So what I wanted to say is um, choose life. And maybe you've never ever actually done that before. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you've been, you've strayed and you've been prodigal and you've been off doing your own thing for a while and you didn't know that when you're choosing your way, you're choosing death. That's what the Bible says, right? We just looked at that. So man's way is death. So if you're choosing your own way and not God's way, then you're choosing death. And so maybe all those things are true, but right now you can change all of that. And how you can change all of that is just by simply asking God to forgive you and receiving his peace, right? God loves you. He cares for you. He didn't want you to go to hell. Hell was not for you. Again, hell was for the devil and his angels, right? And God, hell was not for you so much that God sent his only son to earth to pay a price to make a way so we could escape from hell, <laughs> right? He rescued us. He saved us. But God also loves you enough, and, and here's the thing about love, is he loves you enough to give you a choice. Without choice, there's no real love, right? I mean, if I walked up to my wife and I said, you're going to love me, that's just the way it is. You, you don't have a choice, you're going to love me, you're going to marry me, she'd be like, you're crazy, get out of here, Right? It's a choice. She, I chose to love her. She chose to love me. God chose to love me, and because of his great love for me, I've chosen to love him back, right? And because of that choice, he's also rescued me. He saved me. There's nothing I did, right, except for accept his gift. He's not going to force it on you. He's not going to say, you will be saved. You will turn away from your sins. He says, I love you, I care for you, my way is holy, and here's a way to me, my son Jesus, this is how much I love you. And so you have a choice. And so the Bible says in Acts 2.21, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in Acts 10.43, it says to him, all the prophets witness that through the name, through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Again, Romans 3.23 says that if you've sinned, you've missed the mark, right? If you've erred in your life, then you've sinned and you've fallen short of the glory of God. And then in um, 
Romans 6.23, it says the wages of those sins, wages of those errors, is death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so I would just like um, to invite you uh, tonight, if, if you uh, just, let's go ahead and everybody bow your heads. And if you've uh, never received Jesus, and you want to receive Jesus tonight, if you want to make the choice, if you want to choose life, then I, I just in, invite you to stand up and say a prayer with me. And I'll lead you in a prayer. And um, maybe you're on the radio. Maybe you're downstairs. Uh, I don't know, but we'll wait a minute uh, for you. I know sometimes it's a little scary to stand up, but Jesus said... Um, don't deny me. He said, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father. And so I urge you to choose life. And so Father, um, I thank you for this night. And, and if you um, have never accepted Jesus, you just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I know that I've messed up. I know that I've, I've done wrong. And I ask that you would forgive me, Lord, and I choose you. I choose life. And I ask you to come into my life and be Lord. And I will live the rest of my life for you. And I thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this night and we thank you for the day and for your word and for your goodness, and every day is a new day, and your mercies are fresh every morning. And um, I just ask for your blessings and favor over the people here, Lord. I ask for your blessings and favor over um, the congregation. And I ask for um, just your mercies and grace on the marriages. And I, I pray that each person here would just choose life and choose you with their whole heart. We praise and love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.